Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. We're here. (laughs) Our mission. (laughs) To live, to love, to laugh, and learn together with you. True. (laughs) (laughs) This episode already starting so funny. Yes, we are here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, hilarity, humility, trust, (laughs) trusting the entire journey. If you want to find us on the internet, our handle is trustthejourney.today. That gets you to our website where you can join our email list to get our updates weekly on all of our goings-on. That'll also get you to our Instagram page. Uh, If you want to get a hold of us, that's a great place to reach us. You can DM us directly on Instagram. If you do want to support the program, we would really appreciate it. We're working very hard to bring you quality content on a regular basis, and that means we need your support to do so. We would love it if you would subscribe on Patreon at any level. Any donation that you make really goes a long way to help the growth and development of this project. And of course, this is pro bono from Melanie and I. So if you go on our website at trustthejourney.today and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a big red button that says donate now and you get the Patreon, patreon.com and donate any amount. That will also get you into the Trust the Journey family, which is a safe space that we all curate together as a family, which ensures that whatever share we care to put into that space is going to be supported and nurtured no matter what it is. Yeah, I the truth. Yeah, that, yeah, I echo all of Jay's sentiments, of course. And part of what we use our Patreon support uh, funds to, to pay for is our new audio editor, Kimberly Joy Voice. She is a godsend. She is so phenomenal. If you are looking for audio editing work, definitely reach out to her. Her email directly is KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com. But yeah, she's been really helping us a lot. So, so grateful. And the funny thing is, as we go into this episode, which by the way, today we're doing a deep dive on self-care practices. It's the comedy from earlier in the intro is... (laughs) Is like when you reach sort of an end point and you're like, ah, it's, it's great when we can tip to humor as opposed to anger or upset or whatever. But going back to Kim, having her take some of this, this work off of our plate has been really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, the reason I just want to share this with you guys, family, the reason we chose this topic <laughs> is because Jay messaged me and he's like, topic? And uh, and I just didn't have anything sort of come to mind. It was, you know, sometimes something will spark and, and I didn't have anything come up necessarily. So I said, hey, anything sparking for you? And he's like, I need a nap and a shower. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. How about self-care practices? And he's like, yeah, done. So here we are. And, and you know what is... It's really actually quite beautiful to be able to say that even within uh, a time where we might find ourselves, you know, very pulled in many directions, that it is those self-care practices that keep us, you know, near the center and not falling off the edge of the scale. You know, it is avoiding those 
pendulum swings that become uncontrollable. I know for myself, I, I'm not a, a super stable person. I struggle with uh, emotional stability at times. You know, when I get super stressed out, I'm going to have to lean on my self-care structure practices to help get me back towards the middle again. Um, I, as a younger person, struggled with temper, you know, and managing to control that. As an older person, I'd say it's more stress, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's probably the, the biggest way to, the simplest way to encapsulate it. And really these identifying these structures that we create for ourselves and leaning on them is such a powerful process. And I think there's so much that we all, I mean, I'm, I know that I can sit here and just listen to what Mel is going to share and that it's going to trigger something for me that is going to help me to remind me to, oh yeah, I need to do more of that and put in place some kind of a system for myself to make sure I do do more of that. Yeah. And I think we only learn this over time. We only learn like if we have a propensity for doing you know, if we have a pr propensity for achieving, say we're the workaholic overachiever, high achiever thing, which again, isn't always bad. You know what I mean? High achieving has served me very well. Overachieving hard work has served me very well. It also has led me to the edges of burnout and breakdown because it was when I was engaging it unconsciously. And so now that I have some consciousness around that, that that part of my strong suits, you know, my set of strong suits, that's definitely a strong suit of mine is I work hard, and I like to, you know, and I'm cool with that. What where it was became problematic for me where it became where it didn't serve me was was unconsciously going, going, going and not having any balance to that. And not really having any experience with actual self care. You know, so I talk a lot about sustainability of things because we can work our effing asses off and have it be in a certain timeline and then have a lot a bigger chunk of self-care. You know what I mean? So the balance can come in lots of different ways or it can come in daily practices. So I have a, a number of of both. You know what I mean? But the consciousness is is first recognizing that quote unquote, self-care is not some BS life coach buzzword. It's a real thing that all high performers have a rigorous practice and awareness around for themselves. Are we perfect? No, but there's no question about it. The only way I've been able to level up in my professional life and my personal life is because of the self-care practices I have learned over time. You know, and, and you reference it towards high performers. But in reality, this applies to absolutely everybody 100%. at the most, like at the foundational level, self-care means eating, drinking water and sleeping, you know, the, the mandatory things we have to do, we have to refuel the body and we have to rest the machine. And like at the foundational level, we all do those things every single day, whether we want to or not, they're required practices. And I think that that's the foundation and everything else is a building on from there as to how do we leverage, you know, the known systems that are available to us and how do we first identify the ones that work well for us? And then how do we choose to put them into place on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, multiple times a week or 
multiple times a day or daily, whatever the, you know, the, the structure is that it's going to work for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really useful point for high performers. So if a high, you know, high performers are listening to this, it, I think it's a really, really strong reminder of just our humanity, period. You know, that we're people, we're humans. You know, we have certain basic needs. You know, we have feelings. We have, you know, like we, we have a few, we have human stuff going on. And I think a lot of times high performers can really avoid that, you know, and can really look away from that in a consistent engagement with strong suits. And so that's why I, I bring this up because I feel like this has just been a present conversation in my world recently. That's why I lead with it. Um, and it's been my life experience also. So it's also why I speak to it as well. But yeah. So what are your key areas? Like what when I know I made a bunch of notes for myself on this and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to dive into this topic, where, what are truly the practices that I lean on for myself? And Melanie's showing us her, her list of notes that she has. <laughs> She's like, oh, I got a list. I'm oh, all about list. lists. Oh, so I got list, a list. List making is one of my <laughs> self-care practices. <laughs> I know. I know. No kidding. That's actually so funny. I didn't even write it down, but it's so it, true. It is, it is a self-care. We've mentioned it on the it podcast is. before. List making is because what it does for us is it actually frees up our RAM, like our part of our memory that has to retain the things we're thinking about in the foreground. Yeah. And if I'm trying to say, oh yeah, I got to stop and pick up the kids. I got to get groceries. I got to get gas for the car. And I got to deliver that other project that's due. And I forget that I'm supposed to get to yoga and do something else for myself. And if I make a list of those things, I don't have to think about them anymore. They're written down and can just check. I have one thing to do and that's check my list. Yeah. And that leaves me the things to remind myself to be like, oh, yeah, I should meditate for a few minutes or, oh, yeah, I should do whatever. Yeah, totally. The trusted organizational system, super sexy Mm -hmm. and so amazing. (laughs) Um, Gosh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. As I was writing my list, because there's a ton of stuff on the list, you know what I mean? And I, one of the sentiments that came from the graphic memoir we wrote with our whole broken hearts, which is certainly around a more challenged period of life. You know, you mentioned, okay, we have stress in our lives when we're going through a heartbreak or a breakup of some kind, that's an elevated level of stress for most people, usually, usually when people are emotionally challenged. So it speaks to the depth of of need of self-care. And that sentiment is this. It's that the medicine is always different. So... I write, wrote down a bunch of stuff, but I, I, you know, wrote down healthy food, you know, yeah, of course, fueling my body with healthy food. And then I thought, you know, sometimes it's, it's also unhealthy food. It's not all the time is it unhealthy food, but like, that's a good example of a, of a dichotomy where like, sometimes I am totally on point eating healthy, da, da, da. And I, and I, that's what I need and this and that. And then other times I need sort of breaks from the growth. And sometimes it, and I don't necessarily do this a lot, but sometimes it is in the form of unhealthy food. 
Sometimes it's in the form of I I'm going to sleep a lot. And sometimes I'm going to stay up really late watching fucking television. You know what I mean? And and it's not like I again, I don't even do those on unhealthy sides very much. But there is a part of my self care that is based in that allowing of me to choose whatever I might need in that moment. It's sometimes it's a trade off, right? Like we know that we're going to trade one thing for another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that sometimes if I'm going to go and have an all nighter, that I'm going to be exhausted, and it'll take me a couple of days to recover from it. But yeah. it's going to be well worth the energetic influx of it you know, emotional experience that I'm going to get from spending all night dancing with my friends. Totally. Yeah, totally. And so that I think that that concept of the medicine is always different. I think it's a it's risky to take it on because it can easily be a loophole to unhealthy ways of being. It can easily be a loophole to numbing. And so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about conscious engagement in allowing our humanity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's also comes from that self-awareness, right? Like how often am I doing this and why am I doing this type of behaviors, yes. right? So that self-care practice, um, you know, I, I've got one of the things on my list is therapy and that it engages me, too. Engages me evaluating myself, right? So part of that practice is to say, what are, what are the things that are going on in my life? What am I doing and why am I doing them? And then- putting some attention towards the whys because there's always a need that needs to be filled. That's Mm -hmm. some cause, like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm needing to fill some need needs filling. So I'm using whatever system to, um, you know, supplant or fulfill or to whatever supplement that need. I had therapy on my list too, for sure. Yeah. The, the support system at large, the human connection, piece of the of the support system of the self-care because again the going back to the dichotomy sometimes my self-care I need time to myself I need pure unadulterated alone time and then other days I am so deeply fueled by friend time you know what I mean like that's a big one on my on my list and I've talked about friendship before on the show, and I've definitely talked about it at length in my own sort of public sharing. But friendship is a very powerful, safe, non-judgmental space. If you have, I mean, again, the friendships need to be safe and non-judgmental, obviously, that <laughs> goes without saying. But like that connection with friends where you don't have to be performative, you can just be yourself, you can be exhausted, you can be excited, you can be unsure, you can be totally fucking high on life, you can be whatever you're whatever you are. And that the acceptance that is found in a friendship like that is very, very powerful soul fuel and and self care for me sometimes. Yeah, I I echo that 100%. I, I very much look forward to having especially I really like to share time closely with people. So I like some one-on-one time with somebody who I, you know, can resonate with that has similar, you know, the things about them that I enjoy. They don't even, they don't need to be similar to me, but um, you know, I really 
enjoy getting some quality time with you know some individuals and then of course you know the the more group settings where it's a, you know a few more people involved there's more dynamic and it can be a lot of fun too i think i'm a, i'm mostly a fan of the one or two people kind of spaces i got yeah. well, i'll just yesterday i got to go for a hike with a friend of mine that i haven't seen in 10 years oh. and it was great you know just reach out and be like hey let's go for a hike you know and um, just chatting is just so nice to kind of touch base because we chat through social media and we keep up on each other's lives, you know, indirectly, but it's, it's always really good to, and I think of that, that's definitely a self-care practice. You know, I made a point yesterday morning to get up at five o'clock in the morning to be able to be somewhere before six so that we could go hiking. And that it's a double value, right? Well, it's a triple value. Actually, I get my time in nature which is one of my items on my list that's hugely important. I get my <laughs> exercise, which is a hugely important piece of self-care. And I get a connective relationship with somebody that I, I try to choose people that inspire me in some way that I look to and be like, wow, this person's got some qualities that are just great. And mm -hmm. that uh, this is something I've done my whole life. I try to put myself next to people that are going to challenge me in me to level up in some way to whatever it is that that person has to offer in their journey, you know, their perspective, whether they're a high performing athlete or whether they're a deep thinker or whether they're incredibly empathetic or empathetic, uh, you know, uh, whatever that person may selflessness, you know, mm -hmm. it just, there's so many things that we can go and vibe and resonate with another person. And, that um something i didn't actually write down but i'm going to add it is is learning i feel like learning is a self-care function within itself yeah. for me oh yeah totally i agree keeps the yeah. creative mind going right yeah creativity was on my list of course we talked about that obviously at like at length last episode but the yeah the depth of connection is what is mostly soul fuel to me. And, and some one of the things I was I wrote down, because I obviously wrote it down of a lot of obvious things, cuddle Matil, take a walk outside, go to the gym, enjoy that, like all those things. And the other thing is sort of uh, di divergent thing or whatever is that the indirect self care where where we are required to challenge ourselves, that we know this is the growth edge we want to be going toward. This is, and so like, as it relates to deeper connection, it's easy to not lean in or not be vulnerable. And I'm not saying overshare. I'm not saying inappropriately be vulnerable, vulnerable before trust is built. I'm saying that incremental deepening of connection with those friends and people that we want in our lives. Because again, looking at that as a key piece of self-care, we only can have the type of connections that we want at the deeper levels that can really fuel us from the core of our humanity of wanting to be connected to one another. You know what I mean? To be seen, to be heard, to be known. If we aren't showing ourselves as we really are. And it takes it takes courage and it takes nuance and finesse to do that over time as we get to know and connect with someone. But we have to also be brave enough to start doing that. 
So that's a version of self-care where it might be uncomfortable at the start, but I believe in the value it will deliver down the road. And that's honesty and vulnerability, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just being oneself. So yeah, being honest, being being sharing, being willing to share, being willing to be seen, basically being willing to be the first one to do it, yeah. to invite someone else to show up in the same similar ways. And they either will or they won't, and that's okay. But we will never know if we aren't trying to do that ourselves. You know, I as soon as I hear you diving into this with a little bit of clarity, I start thinking about how I'm very selective I am to how much energy I put into friendships mm -hmm. um, based on that criteria. Exactly yeah. that criteria is I'm very unlikely to make small talk with somebody uh, that's superficial. Let's talk about the weather. I would much rather hear about the deep challenges that are occurring. You know, I, I can think of a, uh, example not that long ago where I was in a social setting. A friend of mine walked up, had no plans to meet each other. It was total coincidence. And within a minute or a minute or two, we were engaged in a very deep conversation about some real challenging situations that they'd been going through. And I sat down and engaged for hours. Immediately, yeah. I'm like, I'm into this conversation. This this yeah. has got my attention. Whatever I was going to do is now not important because there's somebody really wanting to connect with me on a truly honest and vulnerable level. And that's the kind of connection that truly fuels me as far as, you know, human contact and human yeah. connection. Me too. Any of the other stuff is just like, yeah, whatever. Nice. Have a nice day. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different for me. I've I've talked at length about how connection with humans is very, very important to me. So it is a little bit different for me from the perspective of the life coaching work that I do and being in the world in the way that I am wanting to even initially connect with someone because I I have a, a vision for where a connection might go. So sometimes the more quote unquote superficial or less deep or just starting connections I, I don't always do that. You know what I mean? Like the extroverted part of me is is fading. True, if I'm truth be told, I'm much more introverted now. I don't know why. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's just growth. And I don't you again, think that's a typical sign of aging that most people, well, it seems like almost everybody becomes more introverted with age and we have less to just give away. It's that yeah. less fucks to give kind yeah. of approach yeah. to life and the older you get, you're like, yeah, you don't really deserve one of mine. So no fucks for you. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's definitely connected to that for sure. No doubt. And so anyway, I just don't want to, I want to make sure I acknowledge that because there is a part of me that is also fueled by caring for other people, even in small ways, like sending a message back or, you know, like I don't always do that. I don't always have the bandwidth for that, but when I do, it still feels good. You know what I mean? So it's still, it's still, but when I don't, then my self-care practices go on to the introverted side of the house. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I do, then, I do. then I'm cuddling Matil and I'm not talking to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at blocking off a bunch of time in the evening for myself to just relax, recharge the batteries, feed up, 
just a little bit of time to decompress. And, and that's really, really powerful for me to get a few hours at the end of the day. And I'll often get creative in that time. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. often suddenly have spurs of creativity that come out of nowhere when I open up that space for myself to actually allow that to happen. That's one of my self-care practices is ensuring there are large chunks of time on my calendar. Oh yeah. Agreed. Large. And like, that's a very actionable thing. Like I schedule large chunks of time. Large can be whatever a person might think is large for them, but large chunks of time where I have the space enough time-wise to relax and feel free from being needed by anyone else. Uh, I completely echo that. You know, as I think about that, excuse me, (laughs) as I think about that, uh, I used to be really, really disciplined about having weeks of open space on my calendar, weeks at a time. Like I would, I oriented my whole life in a way where I was available to others for small chunks and available to myself for large chunks. And a lot of the people that I still engage with on a regular basis and the people that I see in, in lifestyles that quite mirror mine do that very, very well, where their days are focused on, you know, time spent in nature and big projects in in the outdoors and really doing what they can to live every minute of this life while they have it to live, you know? And I, it really inspires me and reminds me to keep that balance for myself because I can very easily now find myself, you know, committed from Monday to Friday, from nine to five, you know, filling my calendar and flow overflowing into the nights and weekends and not ensuring that I'm putting enough space in there for myself to be able to enjoy the life that I have while I have it. Yeah. I've been pretty hardcore about taking weekends for myself in recent years. It's important for me. I I can feel, I can so feel, I am so in tune with myself and when burnout is coming on. And as soon as I feel even the inkling of the burnout coming on, I do not fuck around because I've, I've broken down before. I've experienced the burnout to break down enough times that now I'm like, I can't uh, quote unquote afford to, to go there. AKA slow your roll, pause me time, self-care. And it's like, you know what I mean? So ideally, I don't even get to that point where I feel that, but I work really hard and I like projects that are super intense. I like intensity. So I recognize that that's a part of my my way of living and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? So that's why when I do feel that, oh shit, I might be heading towards real true burnout and freak out, I, I take care of it immediately. I snap to attention with my self-care and I really, really lean into it when I need to. You may note if you are watching the video that I am coming to you today from my hotel room. The reason why you're hearing me from this lovely, cool, comfortable hotel room is because the heat wave that's come through here at 104 degrees has it roasting hot outside. And the mid part of the day is just cooking. And my friend's house where I was staying at, uh, they had the AC unit not working properly, having some troubles with the AC. And I thought, you know, I can sit here and sweat it out or I can go self-care mode and I can go get myself a reasonably priced room. I can have a comfortable space where I can get some rest 
first of all, I can get some good sleep because a couple nights of really not getting good sleep because it was too hot. Mm -hmm. And then I can also get some work done, which for me is going to alleviate some stress because I wasn't have wasn't efficiently able to get work done because the temperature was too high and I couldn't process, yeah. I couldn't stay focused. And my time was going away without the productivity coming along with it, which is necessary for me. I have to track if I have set myself a goal or I've I've committed to deliverables and I've committed to them within a timeline. If I'm not staying on top of that, then I start to feel a pressure that I create on myself. And that's good because it holds me accountable to the things that I've said that I'm going to do. But if that starts occurring and I don't actually get to deliver because of external circumstances, like it's too hot and I can't work efficiently, then I need to change something about it in order to make sure that's happened. So to this hotel room is a self-care decision to get some rest, to get some work done, to reset a little bit. And it's been very effective. You know, it's this morning I've been up early and just checking boxes and boxes and boxes. And I know that as I check out from this room today, I'm going to be able to go, okay, I got a bunch of stuff done. I can move on to the next phase. And yeah, it cost me a little bit of, you know, energy to find the room and a little bit of financial expense to acquire it. But in the end, what I received back is a condition where this afternoon, when I want to go paragliding, I can feel relaxed enough yeah. to go do that because I know that I've accomplished the things that I needed to get done. So I get two wins out of it. I get to go outside. I get to play. So play is one, one of the things on my list. Really, really important. Yep. Hugely important thing for oh, self-care yeah. is play. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go play later today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it outside in nature and I'm going to do it with friends and it's going to be in a social set. So I'm going to check a bunch of boxes that way and I'm actually going to get to be present for it. I'm going to get to be there without thinking about the fact which was happening a couple of days ago. I wasn't really able to stay focused. I'm like, I got to go because work is calling me, you know, my commitments are calling me. I've got things I got to get done. I can't stay and play right now because of yeah. these other things. So. Yeah. yeah. And obviously the priority, the priority scale shifts and it's a moving target all the time. For sure. Sometimes work waits and play takes the top spot and yeah. sometimes play waits and work takes the top spot and that's okay. I know there's a lot of people in the world that, you know, were raised with the idea that we get the work done first, then you're allowed to play, you know? And oh, yeah. then of course we end up in a life where the work is never done. And that person never, ever gets to play. You know what I mean? And that's a real painful problem, emotional problem, because we need it. We need play play and laughter. Oh my God. Like even something as simple as putting on Pandora comedy sometimes helps me, you know, that's a, as an easy way. Gosh, I watched, I don't know if you saw it yet, but Bo Burnham's recent Netflix special called inside. It is hilarious. It is profoundly smart and wildly hilarious. I laughed out loud like 25 times or oh, more. That's great. Uh, I, I love super comedy. Smart. I actually haven't had any comedy in my life in a while. Um, not at least not in that like structured form of listening or watching any comedy specials. And I do 
that's my default is either like nature documentaries or comedy yeah. uh, of any kind. Yeah. And it's not stand up or anything like that. It's a very, you would probably love it. It's a very creative thing that he put together. You'll see, it's hard to describe, but it's not stand up, even though I would watch stand up too. It's just Bo Burnham's thing is something very unique. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. Play and laughter. Oh my God. So Okay. So on the topic of play, one of the things that I wrote down on my list and, and, I found myself when I was making this list, I'm like, what are things that I do that are actually self-care? I wrote down a few things that some people might not think of this way. And I wrote down clothing. So mm -hmm. like what I choose to wear and why I choose to wear it because it makes me feel good. Right. So then when I'm like, Oh, I want to put on something that's going to really give me the feels, you know, it sets my mood. It helps me to determine the emotional state that I'm in. So I choose to invest in things that are going to offer me these, these opportunities, right? Where I don't, you know, and yeah, it's, we have to be limiting and I can't go buy that $800 outfit that I want to get because that's just a little out of my price range, but I sure like to, you mm -hmm. know, uh, maybe once in a while, like once in a decade kind of thing. But, you know, we got to be balanced in our, in our, what we can do for ourselves in those areas. At least some of us have to be most mm -hmm. of us, I would say. Uh, but the other thing I wrote down is toys. I said, mm -hmm. toys are a form of self-care. You know, my paraglider is a toy. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not something that earns me money, right? Like I'm not yeah. making a living with it. It's simply a recreational activity, but that toy helps me. It creates a structure for me if I actually employ it, where I now have something and I say, okay, I've invested into this and I've chosen to make this investment. And by doing so, I'm now, vetting myself towards play yeah right? and those toys are great that way and whether those are musical instruments or whether it's you know a bicycle or whatever mm -hmm. it might be something i'm going to play with mm -hmm. you know that, that that really is something of key for me yeah i love that i love that that's just a, that's an area where i want to contemplate more like i have my bike i i I'm like, I think trying to think, what do I have? And like toys, I definitely like biking, but I don't bike very much. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I have a bunch of stuff where I kind of do it sometimes, but not a lot. I'll go yep. through phases where I'll do something a lot. Um, I like the, the idea of contemplating more on that. I currently have a, like a very defined toy box right now. You do, that, that's yeah. right. Because yeah, well, I live van life, right? So I have limited what I can have. So I have to choose and very selectively. So I, I have my base jumping equipment, which mm -hmm. I have do multiple forms of, you know, I have my wingsuit and my tracking suit. And they each have a rig that goes with them. So I have my base jumping equipment. I have my paragliding equipment, which I now have multiple sets of paragliding equipment, some bigger and smaller uh, types of wings. Uh, so those two forms of flying are, you know, thoughtfully curated as far as the things that I'm doing with my time. I also have my stand-up paddle boards, which are, um, again, I, I go in the direction I have one for paddling in the ocean or for paddling on lakes or flat water. That's for racing. It's very long. It's it's uh, purpose of it is flow state. It is mm. a cardio workout, you know, yeah. where you're doing repetitive. And then the other one is also flow state, but in a very different way. It's more like a whitewater 
or surfing board for a very different type of paddle where you'd be in rivers with rapids or out in the ocean in the waves, uh, breaking waves. And then I have my DJ equipment and, mm-hmm. and, and that mostly sums up what I have. Uh, and I structure my time around when I'm going to inter- engage these, you know, I'm like, okay, I make yeah. a plan for my yeah. month. And during my month, I have these responsibilities and these things I want to do. And I'm like, this weekend, I'm going to get to play with my base rigs. This weekend, I'm going to get my paraglider out. This time, I'm going to get my subs in the water. You know, this time, oh, I got all my hiking gear too. I love hiking. So, and my drone is another toy that I have to, you know, I'll go fly around. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I was thinking about that. Like I, as you were talking, I'm like, what are the sort of alternative strange things that I do or that I don't do a lot, but that very much fall into the realm of self-care since the, since COVID began, I haven't gone to New York as much at all, obviously, but going to New York city is definitely piece of self-care for me. I could just go there with no plan and just walk because the energy of the city, it's just, it's, it's good for me. I know that if I lived there, it would be too much for me. But when I go there with just the intention of taking in the energy, taking in art, you know, maybe having a coffee, just whatever, meeting a friend for some, uh, for a conversation, maybe not, maybe doing my own thing. It just fuels my soul. You know, it, it, it's, it's definitely self-care for me. And the art piece, going to see art is also something that I don't do very much, but when I do, it is a piece of self-care. And for multiple years, I put it on my goals list, my annual goals list, because it was a piece of self-care that I didn't do very much, but that I liked so much. I put a goal on my, my annual list to go see art at least once a month, like engage art in some way once a month, AKA other, another person's creations, not my own creativity. Cause I am engaging my own creativity all the time, as we talked about last week, but like going to see other people's stuff, engaging other people's art. That's, that's the thing I'm doing it on Saturday with a group, with a group of people. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could say that I've done a lot of that too, as well, you know, intentionally look going to other creative spaces to see what other musicians and other performers and, you know, are, are doing to become inspired to do more things myself. But I haven't done it with like a structured intention like that, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this once a month. And I really like that idea. That's a, that's a really nice way to ensure that you're putting wood on the fire essentially that yeah. you're fueling you're fueling your source of creativity by being exposed to others. Yeah, I recognized my deficit in doing it. And so I was like what system can I apply to this to help me in, employ it more to help me engage it more. And that's something I think it's worth bringing into this conversation about self-care practices is that it's one thing to know them and it's quite another to integrate them into our existence. You know, like it's habit change is a big conversation for a reason because people struggle. Human behavior making change is, tends to be difficult for people unless they have that sort of stake in the ground moment where they make a, a change very, very, very hardcore. 
it's it's more common that people struggle to integrate new practices and that's just know that's normal and so in order to support yourself maybe consider what kind of structure you can put in place to support yourself whether it's putting it in a calendar whether it's putting it on your to-do list whether it's I don't know, putting it on the goals list like I did, something like that, but a way to keep it top of mind so that you are actually doing it and not just knowing that you should do it. <laughs> so I, I use two of those systems. I use a Google Calendar to track uh, like my professional responsibilities as well as commitments to myself and uh, some self-care practices go on my Google calendar as well, just so they're there. Cause I check my Google calendar every day uh, yeah. before I go to bed to see what have I said that I'm going to be doing tomorrow so that I make sure that I'm setting myself up for success. Uh, and that in itself is a self-care practice that I am, you know, intentionally procuring what my day is going to be before it runs me over. And mm -hmm. I look at my day, I look at my week, I look at my month. And inside of my day, I use the Todoist app to mm -hmm. structure. And I've done the getting things done modality, mm -hmm. the GTD approach where I've done mm -hmm. the mind sweep. I empty all the things that I have on my mind about what I want to do in my life into different projects that are in getting things done. And then every time I have a thought about anything that pertains to any, well, any, any thought at all, but especially if it pertains to something within one of those projects and I get a spur, a bubble of creativity occurs, I capture that thought in that project list and I give myself the next action item related to it on in that list. And I generally put a date next to it that I'd like to get it done by. Yep. Uh, and then the Todoist app reminds me on that date to say, hey, here's the action you said you were going to do today to help this take its next steps. Uh, sometimes I don't have a specific date of what when that needs to occur, or maybe it's like thinking about a concept and developing something. And so I do the once a week process that's recommended as well, which is about a week, I go through my entire list of all the projects and I sweep down them and I say, yeah, you know, I didn't put a date on this next part here, but it's probably coming in the next month or two. So I don't need to get to it just now, but I'll keep thinking about it. Or, oh, no, wait, no, no, wait, there is some research I need to do that is yeah. holding me back on this decision. And then I make myself another note that says, do this research. And I make the date that I'm going to do that research. And maybe that's going to be one of my evening activities that, I, you know, later in the evening when I'm resting, I'm like, you know, working on that personal project or, and yeah. that, that whole function, having that system in place is so so important for me that so important it just completely, i do the same exact thing by the way yeah and it allows us to be free of mm -hmm. trying to think about all these things all the time and mm -hmm. just have them all captured and mm -hmm. you know just for an example my supplements the things that i take to physically ensure that my body is getting what my body needs uh i have a, a fairly large list of them and I can't keep up. I forget my, it's even though I try to build these, these habits year over year, this is what got me to this whole point of the conversation is that I've been taking supplements of some kind of another, most of my life. 
you know, whether taking your vitamins or taking some probiotics or whatever it is I need to take to help, you know, recover my broken back. I'm taking calcium supplements, you know, Mm -hmm. and building those patterns to take them with at the recommended times and working it in with all the other things that goes on in life, especially with a very busy lifestyle that has a lot of flexibility and a lot of change in it. It's hard to keep track of that stuff. And I need that app to tell me, hey, don't forget to take your dose of this today. And I look at my to-do list online, it's on my to-do list. I'm I'm that basic that like, call me a slow learner, but 40 years later, I still have to have take your vitamins on my list every single day. You know? I I do. I do know. (laughs) I do know. And I think that there's something to be said about being totally exhaustive about that type of capturing. Yeah, I do the same thing. It's such a critical piece of my self-care and my and my not being over overloaded and overwhelmed. It's funny. One of the things I wrote down on my list was I, I just hired a new assistant. I hired a new virtual assistant. Yeah. Thank you. Good thank you, you very much. Yes. Thank you. Um, and I've been working to, to figure out how to hire people and how to take things off of my own shoulders and my own plate. And I've been learning the skill of delegation and just like, you know, not that I don't have any of those skills, but I'm in a growth experience around my own business because I've kept it very sort of small by design for a while, but I've just, I, I'm growing and I, and it's a good thing and I'm grateful and I want help, which is great. So now I feel really excited that I have someone to to continue growing with. Your ball of light is becoming a star. <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. It's one thing. But, you know, one thing before we end the call, I want to make sure I say this one, is that one of my key pieces of self-care is a mindset, is, a, is my own mindset work around allowing my humanity. I mentioned this briefly earlier, but the mindset of like the healing, the perfectionist side of myself, healing that, that side of my high achieving self that thought that's how I would be emotionally safe in the world, how I would secure love. Like, again, unconscious to these things, right? But the, the nature of that type of, of, human behavior is it's driven by some fear of of being less than less than being unworthy being unloved stuff like that and in order to combat that which allows me to not be consistently stressed which which takes that thought of i can't take care of myself or other people need to be above me always on the priority list or work is always number one or whatever thought it might be for anyone listening. Once I got really, really clear and really connected to allowing my humanity, then I was able to screw up. I was able to go slower than maybe I thought I historically should. It just allowed me this softness in my life experience and in my work self. So I can employ my intensity 
if I fucking want to. And I can be human when I need to and want to, too. You know what I mean? That's a big, big part of what has supported me to being able to actually develop self-care practices. Because if I hadn't developed that mindset, I don't think I would have been able to ever prioritize it enough. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's an interesting concept and I'm really proud of you for putting it forward to say, you know, I'm an animal. <laughs> right. I'm right. an animal. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me? You know, <laughs> right. What the hell? I, I didn't, I have no idea what's going on. I'm doing the best job I possibly can. Give me a break. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yep. I yeah. got to, I got to share one. Uh, Please. To, because I know this is just, it's absolutely key and it is no thank you. Mm, yes. Yeah. Boundary of no thank you. Yes. It's like employing, I don't want that in my life. And how hard it can be to develop that skill set. And that is like the definition of self care where we're like, people will take advantage of our energy, but intentionally or not, you know, consciously or not. And you can very easily bleed us dry, you know, and learning to be firmly boundaried and to firmly say, no, I don't need that. I'm not available for that. I appreciate your request, your need for that, but that's not coming from me. That's a huge one. It's so huge. It's just, it's, so huge. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much for bringing that to the table. It's critical. And that's in the realm of of skills that don't feel comfortable. Like cuz we can talk all day long. Oh, I'm going to cuddle Matil, I'm going to take a nice shower, I'm going to go for a nice walk. But the there's the other side of the house of self-care practices that are those things where we are challenging ourselves to show up differently in our lives. And yeah. that sometimes isn't easy. And that no thank you can be really hard for people, but it's so freeing. There's another step even beyond that is to also be set to be vocalizing. And this is something I'm really proud of you. You, you take charge in this is do you say I'm not okay with this happening around me? Yeah, this isn't okay in my sphere. I see Mm -hmm. things occurring and I'm going to step into this space and I'm going to do something about changing this space so that I can be comfortable within it. And this takes courage right? This takes bravery, it takes confidence, and it takes with the willingness to risk and to be confrontational and to say, no, these things are not okay. And they need to change. Oh, man, that has been a lifelong effort for me. Seriously, man, I think back to my first four way teams when I really struggled just with conflict, I was so afraid of conflict as a young person. So, 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 so entrenched in people pleasing and stuff like that you know, and yet, and yet driven by a real passion. So it's like, I'm very lucky. I feel very, very lucky that I found skydiving at a young age, because it was such a passionate love that it helped me override some of those really hardcore patterns of people pleasing. And I I got my first experiences of, of sort of standing up and speaking up in the spaces of skydiving team debriefs and past the rocks. And that slowly 
over time evolves into finding your voice in all different kinds of ways and showing up in rooms and at metaphorical tables in all the ways that maybe society doesn't say yes to unless you just do it. It's funny that that has gotten to a point in my life where I'm so practiced at it, where it can often bulldoze people because (laughs) other people don't have that regularity of like, we just say what we think or feel, you know, and I'm just like, no, that's not okay. It just needs to be like this, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and people are just thrown back by it because everybody lives in this culture of like, oh, we don't say anything about what we really think. Yeah, fuck that. You know, that's not how it works. Oh, well, I love it, my friend. Any final thoughts for our beautiful, wonderful listeners before we close out? I have a question for our listeners. I would like for people to give us some feedback either on our YouTube. If you watch us there, leave us a comment about what are some of your self-care practices that you really feel empower you that we may not have touched on today. And if you care to use our Instagram, you can DM us on Instagram or hit make a comment on any one of our posts if there's something there that pertains to it but i'd like to hear back from our audience about what it is that that really fills your bucket you know how where how why is your cup filled and overflowing because of the things that you do for yourself love that yes please we oh we always want to hear from you guys please 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 thank you (laughs) thank you very much please i'm thanking i go i go for them all (laughs) this is fun we're playing we're doing self-care right now thank you for everybody for listening to trust the journey if you got value from this episode please pay it forward and share it online with anybody you may gain value from it <laughs> yes like jay said earlier if you are inspired to join us in the trust the journey family please do it and and like he said for real every contribution whether it's a dollar a month two dollars a month whatever it makes a difference it really does add up and we really appreciate it and it just helps us grow and bring even better programming and i know we've mentioned it but jay's working on his show his sort of sub theme of walking each other home and i'm working on potential guest interviews so that stuff is coming and again it's slow to come because we're working on other stuff but we really appreciate that support um but yeah if you get inspired share it join us we love you i'd love to have you in the family yeah for sure i'll be part of the family and do some self-care at a very minimum if you do anything at all do something for yourself today to make your your experience in this very challenging thing called life a little bit more pleasurable. We love you. We love you. Keep laughing, keep loving, keep trusting the journey. For reals. <laughs>